With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. everybody and welcome once again to Dialogue with Divinity on the Exxon Broadcast Network. I'm your host Johanna Carroll. For over 30 years I've been doing spiritual counseling, TV and radio shows and taking people all around the world to sacred sites. I'm also the author of four books. You can find all my information at johannacarroll.com. And today I'm really excited about our guest because it may seem a little spooky to you, but we're going to be talking about God, ghosts, and gut instincts, which is actually the name of her blog, <clears throat> pardon me, which I really love. And so our guest is, you know, she really is one of our wisdom keepers of the time, which is what Dialogue with Divinity is all about. So let me tell you a little bit about Kathleen Berry. She has an interesting story because she was a community, is a community college publicist, and she was really thrown, maybe not by her own choice, into the world of ghost hunters, psychics, and mediums after the institution that she was working for started offering non-credit supernatural programming, which is very unusual but wonderful. So in 2008, she became manager of the Nevada Ghost and Paranormal series, She's been interviewed by George Norrie, who on Coast to Coast, who I'm sure you all know, has given talks about her book, which is Reluctant Spirit. We'll be talking a little bit about that today. She's taught writing, spirituality, and paranormal courses. Her memoir, which I mentioned before, A Reluctant Spirit, garnered praise from many, many review sources. It's been called very intriguing and has a gripping account. Since December of 2011, she's been penning a weekly blog, which I just mentioned, called God, Ghost, and Gut Instincts. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Kathleen Berry and welcome you to Dialogue with Divinity. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Johanna. You know, I have to tell you, um, I know as a young child, I experienced, I guess, what some people would call ghosts, and it kind of frightened me because I was so young, but now that I'm a lot older, a lot older, I really understand the whole essence. And the thing that I really want you to share with people right now is how did you go from being a publicist, you know, at an educational institution, and then all of a sudden they asked you to create this course? That's rather, that's rather unusual, I have to say. Yes, it it was a very strange circumstance, but everything happens for a reason. I actually publicize all of our non-credit classes, so it's not as far-fetched as it sounds. We have a very small staff, and my boss held this Ghost Hunting 101 class, and she said, I, I want this to be a conference, and I don't have time to do it, so I need you to put it together. And so here was someone who didn't believe in these things, had a religious upbringing that made me fear any kind of spirits. Sure. And I'm thrown into all this, and I wasn't sure what I thought. Well, I knew what I thought about it. I thought it was all hooey, mm-hmm. and if it wasn't hooey, it had to be evil. Oh, so your your religious upbringing said this is the work of the devil, that kind of thing? Yes. And wow. they said that in the... It was one church I went to, and it said that there were no angels. They don't come down anymore. Your loved ones who've crossed over don't come to you. It's the devil. 
And certainly if there were any ghosts or spirits, they had to be evil. That's amazing. So, so I, how did you transition? Yeah, to, <laughs> well, I, it was kind of forced upon me. Um, I was putting together the event for quite a few years, um, off and on or assisting in some way. And I got to know the people that were teaching these classes. And they were all very kind, very smart people. And no one tried to convert me to the dark side. That's and good. <laughs> so, you know, so that kind of was putting a chink in the armor. But it was when um, a television station asked me to set up an overnight ghost hunt in mm-hmm. Central Nevada's Goldfield Hotel and then insisted I come along as an impartial observer that everything broke loose. And in 12 hours, my perspectives changed radically. What specifically happened? I mean, did somebody come and grab you or bang you on the head? I mean, you obviously knew there was a presence there. Was there something that kind of flipped the switch for you? It was a series of events. Um, Actually, when I went in there, I really didn't think anything would happen, and I brought my sleeping bag thinking I'd curl up in the corner. And um, it engaged, the spirits there engaged most of my senses. I was touched. I saw things. I heard things things. Um, I smelt things. And by the end of 12 hours, I was questioning everything I had ever believed. I know that um, what I understand and what I've been teaching metaphysically for the last 30 years is it's all about energy. And that within the energy system and the quantum field, we have all these levels, if you will, of energy, some high, some low, some in the middle. And so when I think of the energy of what some people refer to as a ghost or ectoplasm. I want to talk about this when we come back from break, how you see that as an energy source and where it's really coming from. So we're going to take a quick break. Do not go away. This is going to be a great show about the paranormal and spiritual aspects of the, the world of ghost, God and spirit. We'll be right back. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www. 
HolisticCancerFoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We're going to jump right back in with Kathleen Berry, who is our guest today, and I really have to say she's got a lot of interesting information about the concept of God, ghosts, maybe goblins, whatever you'd like to call it in your own <laughs> vernacular. But she certainly had some interesting experiences. So we, before we went to break, Kathleen, we were talking about, you know, my perception anyway, that everything is energy and that there's levels within the field of energy. And so I don't necessarily see it as God and the devil or good and evil or good and bad. I just see it as variations of light on some level. So you had this interesting experience. You thought you were going to take a little nap in the corner. (laughs) And uh, I guess the ghost community said, that's not going to happen, sister. And so we're going to get you engaged in our community. So you said that all your senses were, were touched, activated on some level. So did you actually see any kind of what I would call ectoplasm or energy, what was really happening visually? Um, I've never had any experience personally with ectoplasm. Um, I saw that night, I saw shadows, but I had repressed things. And it was after the fact when I started to realize that I had seen more that night, but I think mentally I couldn't handle it. And I agree that it's all energy. And, you know, whether it's a ghost, I think of a ghost as the spirit of the energy of someone who once was bodied and lived on our earth. Um, And I don't, I'd see good and evil differently. I see it as higher and lower, maybe Mm -hmm. energies that are not as evolved. But that night was so unusual because I had all this overwhelming paranormal experience in 12 hours when I really didn't believe it existed. And it turned out to be a spiritual experience for me. And it challenged a bunch of my old views on God and the afterlife. Well, I know that you say that God is paranormal. (laughs) And I was also reading some information. You said, as far back as I can remember, I've known that God existed. So did your perception of God change when all of a sudden this paranormal spiritual world started speaking to you? I think it became more pure. I think it went back to how I saw God when I was a child. Because now 
I experienced God as a child, and I would know that I was being visited. I would have this incredible sense of energy hit my head and run through my body. And I always knew it was God, and I always felt that love. And it wasn't until my early 20s when I went to a particularly fear-based church that that kind of was driven out. It was like you have to be scared of God, you know, because he's vengeful, and you do one thing wrong, you're going to be in trouble. He's letting the devil do whatever the devil can do to take you to hell. And I think I kind of sucked out all that purity I had as a child. And that night in the Goldfield Hotel brought that back to me, that it's all about this unconditional love. You know, I remember I was raised on the East Coast in a very traditional Catholic uh, religion, and I remember when I was a teenager, which of course was a long time ago, I just remember sitting there and uh, the priest saying, it was during a sermon, he said, there was a sinners in the hands of an angry God. I don't know if you remember that or not. But anyway, it was like hanging over the pit of hell and you're going to burn. And, you know, oh. it was again, it was like and I remember I remember intuitively saying to myself, God doesn't feel that way. That God does not feel that way. And I mean, I was young, you know, maybe 13, 14 years old. And so not that I want to bash religion or anything, because there are aspects of it community wise and socially that are very beautiful. But I also do feel that if we really had the relationship on a paranormal level, on a spiritual level, on a real connected level, soul to soul, Maybe we wouldn't need the churches on some level. I mean, there's there's that whole other aspect. Again, I'm not bashing religion, but I remember saying to I would I sang in a folk mass, and you know every week we'd go and we'd rehearse, and so I started to ask the priest, who was a good friend, you know, do you ever, do you ever, does God ever talk to you? Because I knew I could talk to him, but I wanted him to answer me. I wanted that dialogue with divinity, as I say, and he said, oh yeah, all the time, and I'm like, well. What's that all about? And he started to explain to me about early morning prayers, which you and I would probably say was a deep, profound connection or meditation. And I'm like, well, why don't you teach everybody else how to do that? And then I realized, obviously, as I got older, why would they do that? You know, it shouldn't be exclusive. So that whole fear is oppressive energy kind of pushing you down. So I'm not saying you shouldn't, for those of you that are listening, you know, have the experience of church. But I feel that our relationship with God, spirit, and universe is very private and very personal in our own unique way. So God wants that. God wants us to have that personal, mystical connection. Um, I have a friend who's a rabbi, and after I went through all this, I'm going, okay, but the Bible says over and over again, fear God, fear God, fear God. And she explained to me that in the ancient languages, everything was based on context and that they really don't know the exact meanings of lots of terms. And she goes, fear is one of those. She goes, fear can also, the word used for fear in the Bible could also be used for respect. And I see that as different because how can you love something you fear? It's almost impossible. Yeah, you will always have that barrier up between you. Respect is different. Well, you know, and if you go into the the Christian tradition, there's a biblical phrase when Jesus says, go within and that's where you will find me. And the disciples were so upset, you know, we're going to, how are we going to talk to you? You know, how are we going to have a conversation with you? Go within and that's where you're going to find me. And basically, you know, that's a profound uh altered theta brainwave state of a deep prayer or meditation and i mean i really feel if religion is really going to teach us anything they should teach they should give us that tool you know they should give us that tool and i do feel that in a lot of the ancient teachings from um you know the vedic tradition you do see that a little it's a little more open-minded in that regard so i want to ask you a question because um you say that God is paranormal. I, I wonder if that word still freaks out a lot of people when we say, well, oh, my I, God. Yeah, I think they do. And it would have freaked me out 10 years ago. I would have I would have just been so, I would have been livid at the person to say that. But 
everything about God is supernatural or paranormal. I mean, we do not experience the divine like we do physical beings. And we can't predict when a divine encounter will happen. It always seems to catch me off guard, honestly. I think it's when you least expect it, don't you, on some level? I do. I think because if you're expecting it or wanting it, you're trying to force it with your mind. And I think the connection has to be in your heart. So I think if you're not forcing it, that's when it's going to happen. I know I was reading part of your blog and I liked this when you say the key to experiencing the spiritual, be open and don't force it. You can't make this happen yet. I think, you know, there is a desire for intention. Can you describe to our listeners, what is your definition of paranormal? Just so they won't freak out when they hear that word the next time. Paranormal is just basically something that science has not explained. It's something that we don't understand. It's something that is not in the material world. And so all of those would apply to the universal power. Right, and and I I think, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I've found that the more I experience the sacred, the more awe-inspiring and unexplainable God becomes. So it almost becomes more paranormal, more supernatural, the more we experience the divine. Well, you know, I remember once that I was on this uh, TV show a long, long, long time ago in Los Angeles, and and the host came up to me. It was The show was called The Other Side. And the host came up and he said, don't use the word psychic. I don't want you to use the word psychic. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, everybody's afraid of the word psychic. I said, fine, I won't use the word psychic. Camera's rolling. He comes up to me, stands right in front of me, says, so are you a psychic? (laughs) And I I thought, okay. First of all, for those of you who are listening, psyche, which psychic comes from, psyche is a Greek word. It represents the mind, meta Physical, also a Greek word, represents beyond the physical. So Kathleen and I are using really the same description of the unknown that science cannot prove. Although I do feel, Kathleen, that spirituality and science is starting to have a good relationship. What do you think about that? Well, I work in academia. Oh, (laughs) you lucky girl. (laughs) Sometimes it's not very encouraging, Um, I think in some ways it is. In other ways, I think science is fighting it more. I, but I think that on many tracks, there are scientists that are saying, hey, let's, ex- let's look at this. And the super collider, you know, they're looking at, they're saying, we only know what this tiny, tiny percentage of the universe is. Yeah. And I think that research could really gain some insight into um, into what we consider the divine. Well, we're also and, and seeing the language connect- change. Don't you think we're seeing the language change, though? Even in advertising, there's all this stuff about intuition. and all. You never would have seen that, you know, 10, 20 years ago. That's very true. That's very true. The word intuition is used quite a bit. And I see intuition and psychic abilities as being that energy that connects us all. Um, I consider myself a mystical Christian, so I kind of think of that as the Holy Spirit that just mm. kind of is, descends everybody. I don't care what faith belief system you have, but there's that divine energy that connects us all. And I see that as our, the way we can tap into our psychic abilities. What happened in the 90s was... Because psychic, and maybe even now still, it has a lot of fear around it. The trend of people that were doing this work went to intuitive. They call themselves an intuitive. It has a little softer edge to it. I think people can relate to their intuition. Certainly women uh, who are mothers, you know, they have a an intuitive sense around their children. Guys that are in business or out on a golf course having a good day you know they have a good gut reaction so i think the word and that's another thing i for those of you that are listening really pay attention to don't let the words activate any kind of an emotional response you've got to go into your own heart and soul 
and unfortunately, you know, we live in a world that we have to define things, but I, I really do feel that the language is advancing and changing. So, you know, you say you can't force it, this connection. And I, I really think the essence of this is we all want to be happy. We all want that state of bliss and peace, which is the natural state of the soul. But you can't get there unless you have this connection to the divine on some level. So do you think a lot of people, is it like immediate gratification? It's like, I want that connection to God like right now. I need you to answer this real quickly because we're going to take another quick break. Um, I, I think there are people that are, that are seeking and they want they want it now. They want it now. They want it now. Instead of just being open to it, asking the heavens, asking for assistance, meditating, having mm. that quiet time. Because if you're not quiet, you will never hear the divine. That's true. And with that thought, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Kathleen Berry. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. 
Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. We're back with Kathleen Berry, and today we are talking about her wonderful book, which we will chat about in a few moments, called Reluctant Spirit, and her wonderful work on God, ghosts, and gut instincts, which a lot of you guys are going to call your your intuition. We call it something a little bit more than that. So before we went to break, you were also discussing the fact that you are a mystical Christian. Can you explain yes. to me and the people that are listening, how would you define that, mystical Christian? Um, I define being a mystical Christian, someone who wants to experience that closeness with the divine, that connection. And it's that connection with the divine that is more important than religious dogma or rigid rules. I've had my night at the Goldfield hotel was a transcendent experience for me because it was right in my face. All the things that I had once believed that took me out of the purity of that relationship with the divine. And so I consider myself a Christian because Jesus still speaks to my soul. I do believe that there are many, many paths to to the divine because Mm -hmm. God did not clone us. And we all have different experiences. We're from different cultures. So for me, being a mystical Christian is taking the faith out of the physical and rooting it from my heart and making the personal relationship, the connection to the divine, the driving force of my personal theology, my personal beliefs. And I'm not telling anybody they need to believe the way I do because mm-hmm. we're all unique creations. Mm-hmm. So it works for you. I mean, again, I think it, it sounds rather simplistic, but I really do believe that our relationship with the divine is private and it is personal. And we live in an age of, you know, information. Everybody wants to post everything on, you know, Snapshot or, or uh, Facebook or anything like that. And I think this relationship with divine is probably it's not only the most precious relationship you'll ever have but it's the one you'll have forever it's eternal so how would for people that are listening right now and maybe they've been raised with you know this whole phenomena of ghosts and psychics and all this woo-woo stuff that you know they they they're kind of scared they don't want to yet they want to have this personal relationship with the divine they want to bring more peace and happiness and we don't want them to think they're going to go from A to Z. Do you have any advice or tools? What's in your book that would really, as the reluctant spirit, how can you help them make that change for themselves or at least guide them in that direction? I would say take it slowly. I would say spend a lot of time in prayer, spend time in meditation. For me, meditation was very important also, once I was opened and I saw things differently, I could read holy texts differently. I could see, oh, this really is dealing with spirits and energy and angels. And the more you become aware of your surroundings, you allow yourself time in silence, And especially if you're just starting and you do have the fear element, you definitely need to pray to God to ask. I always say he because that was just my upbringing. I don't believe God is male or female. But Mm -hmm. I believe that God will give us protection, will make sure that always the highest and best come through to us. But awareness is key. Being in silence is key. And I think meditation, just so you can kind of get out of your head and tap into your heart. My book pretty much chronicles where I went from being very close-minded and judgmental to details of what happened during that night in the goldfield. And then how I 
resolved it and how I made peace with it and how I finally got rid of fear because I received so many amazing blessings in the outcome of that event. So when I have people telling me, you're going to go to hell and you're doing horrible things telling people to do this, I say, I have received nothing but blessings and I've become closer to the most divine. And nothing bad can come out of that. Well, you know, the other thing is, for those of you that are familiar with a lot of the biblical teachings, there's a really big one in there that says the kingdom of heaven is here on earth. And I, I think we think that we have to suffer, 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 suffer. Everything's bad. Everyone's focusing on the negative. All you have to do is turn on the news and really not get particularly enlightened these days. But the reality is that where is your, I'm not speaking to you directly, Kathleen, but to people that are listening, where's your kingdom on earth? So we always say, start with the positive, start shifting your consciousness, have a paradigm shift. You know, a lot of people understand the concept of the gratitude prayer. Before you go to bed at night, focus on three really beautiful things that happened. And maybe it was just that you had a really good dinner. A lot of people say it's hard to to do meditation because their mind is on overload. But I think people also need to understand there's a, there's a passive meditation and there's an active meditation. So we actually talked about this last week that, you know, eating a great meal in silence and just looking at the beautiful colors and how it's nurturing you rather than being a vacuum cleaner and sucking it all in. (laughs) I mean, the meal, when when I was a little kid and even now, you know, we always said grace before meals, always. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're out in a crowd and you're not comfortable doing that, you don't need to do that, but at least take a breath and take a moment and bless you know, the nurturing aspects of that food will come in. I mean, it, when, when you have a consciousness shift and a desire from the soul to really have a connection with divine, there are actions that your body, I feel, naturally will start to uh, encourage you to do. For instance, um, spending more time in nature, you know, eating healthier food just being quiet, you know, really seeing, as you said, the blessings of life rather than the the mediocrity or the fear that's out there. It doesn't belong to you. It, it'll only belong to you if you call it in on some level. So speaking of calling it in, okay, so a lot of people have a desire to connect with the spirit of uh, a loved one that's crossed over. And I've actually had some really interesting experiences with that myself, but I've also had a lot of my clients tell me really profound things. And then I've also had another group of people say, I'm not really sure who this is, and I don't know if they should go, stay, or to someone that's saying that, how do you differentiate or how do you define, should I really be having this conversation with this ghost or should I tell them to go on their way or how, how would you advise people on that? Um, I ask them, how do you feel when they're around? Mm. Do you feel threatened? Do you feel anger? You know, what, what are you picking up? And it can't be your own fear of the unknown. You have to try to get past that fear of the unknown and sense what are you picking up. And I found that a lot of people... You know, they'll have spirits in their home or something, and, and we talk about it, and they say, you know what, you're right. I don't feel any animosity. I feel like this person's maybe looking over, you know, watching over their house or someone just likes being around us. But you just, you have to differentiate between your own fear of the unknown and what's out there and try to feel what is it you're experiencing. If you're feeling threatened, then that's that's an indication that you need to tell sure. it to leave. I had a very but interesting most of the time. It isn't. Well, that's good to know. So I had an interesting experience. I was writing some articles for a magazine a, long, a number of years ago, and it was pretty late at night. And I was in my office, and my desk faced a white wall, and I was actually writing about a woman who was raised by devil worshippers, and oddly enough. Her name was Grace. It's the weirdest story. So interesting. She's one of the most beautiful people I have ever met. Her name was Grace. 
as you know, when when her grandfather died, they threw all these horrible things in the coffin. I mean, it's just an amazing story, something out of a sci-fi movie. Anyway, as I'm writing this thing, I feel like there's something going on. I was alone in the house, and I looked to the wall, and I swear, Kathleen, it was like these devil horns, wings, and they weren't angel wings, by the way. They were... And there was this huge shadow, huge on the wall. And of course, my heart's going thump, 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 thump. But this is what I did. If you are not from the Christ consciousness and from the seat of the soul of the divine, I command you to be gone. Boom. Had to leave. Had to leave. Yep. And so talk about fear at the highest level. But I really felt they don't want me writing this article, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that was really... I've never had anything like that happen again because I don't allow that kind of energy to come and play with me anymore. Yeah, but, you know, this, I, that's not my playground anymore. So what is your concept of death? I mean, I, I know you don't fear death. I don't fear death. To me, it's just another transition. But as far as people that are, li- you know, listening that have a fear of death, how do you see that, that transitioning from the physical to the world of non-physical? I see it as transitioning to absolute freedom. Mm-hmm. I see death is helping us rid ourselves of our physical shells. I see heaven, once I saw it as this big fluffy cloud that I'd be so relieved that I got to heaven that I wouldn't <laughs> mind being bored the rest of my life. You, know? <laughs> you can float around <laughs> and eat chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that gets old. And now I see it as there's no restrictions with time you know time is a physical concept so you could go back in time you know if you wanted to go see the dinosaurs you could do that you wanted to go to egypt you could do that you could go to the future you can visit your loved ones here i see it as just not having those physical constraints and that you're closer to that source of unconditional love so I see heaven as being a paradise of freedom. Do you now, think, con- I was going to, I know, I know you want to talk about hell, but before we go to hell, <laughs> let me just ask you this question about heaven. <laughs> We're going to stay in heaven right now. <laughs> okay. That sounds okay. Good. So do you think people who are really, really, really missing a loved one, are they holding them back? Are they holding them back from ascending to the next level in heaven? Because I know there's many houses in heaven. Are they by there? I want you back. I miss you. That kind of thing. Are they holding this? You know, the the spirit of that person back from the next. They, they can. They mm-hmm. can in some instances because the loved one who needs to cross over is worried about leaving them. So you know, it's it is very possible. I think in most cases your loved one does cross over and probably just visits on occasion. But I think when people are just clinging to, you can't leave me, you can't leave me, you can't leave me, that love survives the the transition to our pure state. That love is always there. God is the source of unconditional love, so God will never sever that love. So if someone is feeling like, I I have to stay here because I love this person and this person isn't, isn't, doesn't want to let me go. Yeah, they're suffering. They're They're suffering. suffering. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll go to hell when we come back. So we'll be right back. Okay, all right. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. 
But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Join me, Krista Nails, on the Telos Radio Show, heard around the world on XZBN. On our show, we will discuss business opportunities, the art of communication, and how to draw attention to your enterprise using the new social media opportunities now afforded to entrepreneurs using the internet to create worldwide clientele. With our international special guests, we will help you to increase your global visibility and attract more customers. That's the Telus Radio Show, heard exclusively on xzbn.net. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Okay, if you're all ready, we're going to jump down to hell for a few moments, but I promise you we're not going to stay there for long. So we were before we went to break, we're on a last segment right now, so we really want to have some more fun with you guys. And great explanation of heaven and holding people back and, and the fact that, yes, they can visit, but be okay with letting them go home. So for those of you that are listening, if you really are struggling with releasing a loved one, for your best, highest, and holiest good, and for the ascension of their soul, why don't you give them permission to go home? So what is your description of hell? 
tell who is tougher on us than ourselves. Mm. No one. We are toughest on ourselves. And I believe that hell is something that we will put ourselves through if when we pass away that we're so worried about the life we've lived and we are so hard on ourselves that we're terrified to meet, meet the most divine. I really believe this is a personal choice. The source of unconditional love is not going to send us to damnation. The source of unconditional love is going to do everything, everything it can to help us succeed and prosper I'm, when we're loved like that. So we are holding ourselves back. In my book, A Reluctant Spirit, there is a resident ghost at the Hotel Elizabeth. And there's a lot of folklore about her that she was a teenager. She had a baby out of wedlock with a very powerful man who locked her up in one of the rooms of the hotel to the radiator. Wow. When I first went into that room, I have never felt such abject sadness desolation, desperation. And I realized later that she had anchored herself to the hotel. She had anchored herself in hell because she was being so hard on herself that she did not believe that the most divine could take her in his, his or her arms and say, I love you and you're welcome here. You know, I think a lot of people have this fear, and, I, and we're going to talk about this um, in, a, in a minute or so, about judgment. I, first of all, you need to know, really, truly, 195%, the universe does not judge. It observes. And the universe is held together. I always say love pours the soul into the body. And love is your state of divine wholeness. It is the presence of the divine that exists in every particle of DNA. You are a being of light and love. I think a lot of people, I know my mother was one of these people. She was afraid to die. I'm not sure exactly what the issue was, but she was afraid to die because she was afraid that God was going to judge her. And so she held on to more suffering, unfortunately, in her physical body instead of letting go. And it's exactly what you're saying. She was judging herself. She was her own worst jury and judge all rolled into one when she could have had a more peaceful transition. So when we are not loving ourselves, your sense is we are, we're judging ourselves and we're keeping ourselves frozen in fear. Would that be a correct statement? Yes, that is very correct. It is very correct. And, you know, it's just, it's so sad because I honestly believe that the divine, especially when I look over the course of my life, when I wrote the book, I found all these pieces that came together. My life was orchestrated. I have free will. I have choice. But it always kept coming back to the same odd path. And I know the divine is involved in each and every one of our lives, just kind of like nudging us in this direction Mm -hmm. or that direction and trying to get us to see things. But my experience, if God was judgmental, and vengeful, I would be lightning residue right now. I would not be prospering. I would not be doing better right now than I've done for the last 30 years. All the blessings I've had from opening myself up to the potential of the divine working through me has just turned my life around. You know, and I also believe, you know, we've been talking a little bit about religion, which is a, a system of faith, but I think the greatest faith is believing in yourself and believing that the divine is in service to you. I mean, it's a great partnership. I call it a marriage of the self and the soul. And I really believe that that's what this age is all about. So before we go any further, please tell people where they can get more information about your work and purchase your wonderful book, The Reluctant Spirit. Okay. My website is KathleenBerry.com. That's K-T-H-L-E-E-N. B-E-R-R-Y, and um, my book is available in Kindle and paperback versions at Amazon. It's called A Reluctant Spirit, A True Tale of God, Ghosts, and a Skeptical Christian. 
<laughs> and I write my weekly blog that you can find on KathleenBerry.com as well. And it's a little bit of, it's a lot of spirituality, how my spirituality has evolved over the years due to my openness to the heavenly realms, which does include ghosts, um, but I don't see it as spooky anymore. No, it's not. And for those of you that are listening, if you've had any trepidation about sticking your toe in the water, this is a wonderful book. You probably see yourself in Kathleen's story. So the book is reluctant, but I'm going to tell you not to be reluctant to, to go and purchase it either on Kindle or actually get the the, uh, the hard copy. So vengeful God, I guess it goes along with judgment. I, I don't believe that. I mean, I believe that, you know, that there's a whole cheerleading team on the other side <laughs> or a spiritual yeah. family, and they want us to be as happy and successful and feel valued and precious. And for those of you that are listening, I wrote a book, and uh, well, it came out last year. It's called The Lost Art of Loving, and it really is about self-love. You cannot really discover God within you unless you discover how you're going to love yourself and your own value first. So do you really think there's a vengeful God? I mean, I think we pretty much already answered that question. A- absolutely not. There, no, There is no vengeful God. Yeah, it's, it's only a loving God. It's, it's only a loving God. And, you know, the thing is, is, if you see yourself as a creation of the divine, the divine knows what it's creating. So you've got to respect and love God and realize you were created for a purpose. You were mm-hmm. created with your quirks and your talents for a reason. So you need to give yourself a break and love yourself like the divine loves you. And I believe that we are here to grow as a person and evolve as a soul. And I also believe what other, you sort of mentioned in the very beginning, what other pathway you choose, you know, we can go to different ways we can drive there we can take a train we can take a plane we can walk you know if we want to but the ultimate goal is always the same and that's to discover the presence of god spirit and heaven that already really is in there so you get to flip the switch on so what's new and exciting that you're going to be doing you've been you know doing your work for a long time what are you excited about that's showing up on your plate that's new and different um I am going to start offering an online class. I'm hoping to have that together by this fall. I've taught classes here at the community college, but I've had my followers and readers from other areas of the world say, well, we'd love to do this. So I'm excited about doing that and putting that together. And I'm just excited that there seems to be a growing awareness I know that, you know, especially in the U.S., there's a lot of strife right now, but you're seeing people rise above it, and you're seeing people with insights, and I'm feeling like something good is going to come out of all this chaos, Um, out of all, there will be more connection in the future, and that there is a reason for everything, and we will get better, and we will get stronger. And I do feel that there's more a sense of community. I think for a number of years, people were doing a lot of introspection, sort of like the inner retreat work, reading, you know, doing their journaling, that kind of thing. And I still feel that that's very valuable. But for those of you that are listening, it's, I think it's important to find a community, whether, whether again, it's your church or just a group that gets together and meditates once a week or there's Reiki healing or you go and you discuss a book. I think that group consciousness, I, I know that a lot of the ancient masters say that, you know, what do they say? When one is gathered in my name. So it's really when there's a group that's gathered in divine intention, you can really accomplish a lot. So Kathleen, I want to lo- wish you much success. We'll be looking forward to your online course And thank you so much for taking the time to be on Dialogue with Divinity today and sending your heart a really big hug. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Johanna. I've really enjoyed it. Me too. For those of you that are listening, I want to remind you that you are listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network. We have a wonderful, wonderful menu of hosts from all shapes, colors, sizes, and whatnot that are available. You can find that on xzbn.net. My own uh, 
wisdom information, my four books that I've written, the courses that I offer, retreats that I'm doing, private session work, all my testimonials. You will find all of that on my website, which is johannacarroll.com. That's J-O-H-A-N-N-A-C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com. And I want you to know that I am going to be offering some online courses with a new facility, I guess I want to call it online, that's called the Blue Moon Academy. So I'll be telling you about that real soon. But I want to thank you once again for listening to Dialogue with Divinity. Keep your heart and your mind open. We're sending you a big heart hug and wish you many blessings for a fabulous, joyful, spiritful day. So thanks for being with us and we'll we'll see you soon. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.